Welcome to Connecting the Community podcast. I am your host, Marge Andre. I will be connecting you to people, organizations, and events that create community. I am creating this podcast in Richmond Hill, an eclectic and very culturally diverse community with lots of trees and streams and interesting people just up the hill from Toronto. On this podcast, I will be talking with Sherry Caldwell. She is an advocate for individuals with disabilities, and she's involved with a new business, Good On You, which she is eager to tell us about. Welcome, Sherry. Hi, Marge. Thank you for having me. You're very welcome. Glad that uh, we can get together and have this conversation. Sherry, please tell us a little bit about yourself and how you became an advocate for those with it, dis- with disabilities. Sure. Well, I'm a caregiver and a mother. I have four four kids. Um, my my third child, Ashley Caldwell, has multiple disabilities. And basically, when she was born, you're really thrown into that role. Um, sink or swim, you have to become an advocate. Um, it's just necessity. You, you run into barrier after barrier. Um, and unfortunately, accessing services through home care, through education in Ontario. And um, it just really was something I felt strongly about um, helping empower other people to be better advocates and bringing a strong message to Queens Park that they needed to do better to serve people with disabilities. Ooh, okay. Um, before we start talking about your, your new endeavor, please tell us some of that, your advocacy work. Like I know you've been active. I've followed you in social media. I have known you for a while. So what, what really have you been doing? Um, you know, I've been volunteering, um, I pretty much volunteer full time um, since my daughter was started school age. It became a little bit more time to do some volunteering. And I realized that accessing therapy, Ashley was able to go to that because we were privileged that my husband had a good job with benefits and I could take her to physiotherapy and OT and speech, which she needed to go to. Um, for many, many years until she was um, into her teen years. But it comes at a very high cost and only families that had the financial means or had um, a a parent which had benefits, that's what enabled us to get her to go. And it's changed her life. It's given her a lot of independence um, by accessing those services and volunteering at my daughter's treatment center at Children's Treatment Center of Simcoe, York, right here in Richmond Hill. Um, I was chair of the Family Engagement Council, and it just broke my heart that families were coming and we were telling them the message that our kids needed access to hands-on therapy, um, and it just wasn't available. So they provide a consultative service um, to kids. There's many kids that need this help. And the government um, just doesn't doesn't invest that much. There's not enough ther- therapists to go around. So mm-hmm. families that had money and had the means could access it. And it's and then families of middle or low low 
income couldn't afford to purchase physiotherapy or speech therapy. It's mm -hmm. like $120, $130 an hour. So that um, mm -hmm. seeing that difference that you had to, to have the means to access therapy didn't sit well with me. Right. And it kind of drove me to create Ontario Disability Coalition and to bring parents together. And once we started that in 2017, so it's been five years, I started receiving emails and letters and hearing from adults with disabilities. And so it's kind of grown since mm -hmm. then we started on therapy and now we advocate for home care. We advocate for any issue around disability um, related to poverty. And that's pushing families to really, really families and individuals to really, really struggle. Right. It's, it's really a human rights crisis yes. yeah. in Ontario right now. Yeah. Ooh. Um, can you define what real, what disability is? Like what's the definition of disability? Um, well, defining disability is complex. That's a, mm -hmm. that's a general question. It's disability covers like a broad range and degree of conditions. Um, it could be present at birth. Like in my daughter's case, it can be caused by an accident. Um, it can develop over time. Um, disability doesn't discriminate, right? So it's, it's the one group that regardless of your religion, your age, your, your social economic status, anyone can be welcomed as a member. And the people with disabilities, they need a social safety net. Mm -hmm. Okay, that's a sobering <laughs> thought for that. Okay, so you talked somewhat about this, but you know, what are the real challenges for obtaining needed support. So it's, oh my uh, gosh. it is the finances and the, I think it's also having someone to help, correct? Yeah, and sometimes um, in Ontario, there's gigantic ocean-sized holes in the system that you could literally fall into and drown. Um, and if English is a second language. If you're struggling financially just to put food on the table or cover your rent, you're not going to have the means or the ability to advocate um, to get the support that your child or loved one um, of any age needs. Because even adults um, have needs and benefit from therapy services or home care. Um, it's, so, it's an all age. We advocate for all ages. Mm -hmm. Okay, yeah, it's um, how unjust the system is, is, uh, you know, you've made that apparent. Um, no, yeah. Yeah, like it's, uh, it's uh, like access to employment. Most people would love, even people with disabilities, want to have jobs. They want to contribute. They don't want to have to lean on the government, but they run into so many barriers trying to um, access employment. Mm-hmm. It's just employers, um, someone spoke at our last ODSP rally, this um, Ingram Palmer, really smart lady. She's, she's visually impaired, so she's blind. Um, very, very smart lady. She, I think she has her master's degree, graduated with honors. And she said when she went and interviewed for jobs, they said to her, like, well, but what if you fall? Or what if they saw her um, as a great candidate, but they saw her as a liability? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it, and, and many people at our rallies had advocated that they wanted jobs, which was kind of one of the reasons why we have started this, this new initiative for, um, to help my daughter and other young people mm -hmm. to gain 
to gain employment um, is because of uh, like because of those barriers to the to the workforce. Right. Okay. Have you been able to keep in touch with our elected officials? And is it just one level of government, or are you really talking to people at all levels of government? Um. We we mostly the Ontario Disability Coalition focuses our work on Queens Park, and okay. I do I have met with MPP Parsa, and I like to come out whenever they're having election to come out to mm-hmm. the rallies to ask questions of those people running candidates running because they they're usually getting involved because they do care about the issues and care about people, um, but. Uh, so that that's our generally our focus. When I started the coalition, Michael Couteau was the Minister of Community and Social Services, and we quickly got a meeting with him. And um, we've been quite active, so I've been able to get meetings with with all the ministers of Community and Social Services ever since him. But we haven't been able to see real change. They'll meet, they'll listen. Um, every time we have the meetings, we bring people with disabilities to share their stories. It's really storytelling. Mm-hmm. Um, like what we're here doing today that can change hearts and minds and change influence and change policies. Yeah. Um, uh, next in the two weeks, we're, uh, we're going to meet with MPP Parsa and his ministry. He's associate minister of housing now. Mm-hmm. So we're people that, that are struggling with accessible housing to talk to him and share our stories. And we're asking the government to really consider building accessible housing and they are i mean they have a focus on building homes but um, those homes have to be a majority of those homes have to be affordable and yeah. accessible and accessible very good yeah that's a, a point that we don't always think of it no are you talking to people at the regional level because i know that there's your um, region public health I, there's issues with making sure sidewalks are accessible um, is that something yeah, that you're able to for do? The coalition, we've done some advocacy. They have reached out to us. So we, we consulted with them on single use plastics because they were doing some work on that. We uh, a group of, of advocates from ODC um, just consulted with the city of Toronto on um, a, keeping sidewalks and pedestrian ways accessible through winter because they're mm. looking at that. We're willing to reach out and connect with 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 organizations that make policies and decisions to, to hopefully break down barriers. Our goal is a barrier free Ontario. Um, it's a big goal. That um, is a big goal. I like that goal though. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We also, uh, I was also really lucky to get a meeting with minister Carla Quattro in May of this year um, mm-hmm. to talk to her about the issues and the barriers that children and youth with complex care needs have. And that was that was also a really necessary story. You don't um, hear these families are kind of few and far between. They're, luckily, most children are born healthy and don't need to have home care, don't need to have all this therapy that we're having. It really is kind of a small po- population, but because it's a small population, we, we don't make the noise of some other disability groups that are higher instances and they can all rally together and get attention. Like in Ontario, the um, Ontario Autism Coalition was was able to successfully get the attention of the government and get them to take care and respond. But when we're talking about children um, across Canada with multiple disabilities, like my daughter has, I haven't really 
told you about Ashley. Hmm. Um, but I don't know if you want to hear about her. She, yeah, yeah. She's, she has, uh, she's 17 years old. So she's in grade 12 and um, she, she has a G tube. So she's not able to drink. Um, she needs a wheelchair. She can walk with a walker. Luckily, since all that therapy, we're able to really help her move forward with her um, gross motor skills, but she needs a wheelchair for any length of distance. She needs to hold onto the walls to walk in the home or use her walker. Um, getting up and down the stairs is, is a challenge. I carry her up at least once or twice a day. She mm. can, she can do it, but it's really slow and it's a bit hard. Um, she, she can communicate with an iPad and she can tell us, you know, but it, if you can imagine for her, um, it's, it's challenging for her and the school system, we ran into so many barriers at school just for her to be able to, um, use her walker at recess, um, mm -hmm. like things that you think are, you know, aren't going to be a, a barrier there's just, there's a lot put on parents and sometimes it's, you know, you, it's tiring. Advocating is very tiring. Mm. <laughs> so we, we had to kind of break down those barriers one at a time. That was, was a big part of the motivation for me to create a group and to advocate on behalf of numbers of families and to bring the families together. It's not just me. It's, we have 3000 people in the group and whenever we go and meet with the minister, we'll have always have three, four, five people in the room with lived experience, mm -hmm. right? They need to hear from, from them. And it's just hard to get governments to act. It's almost like, a, you know, it's like a gigantic ship and you're trying to turn it around. Mm. It takes yeah. a lot of persistence. And when, like it, when the last election, when we had, you know, the, the Doug Ford's government and then they got reelected, um, some people I know were like, oh, I can't do it anymore. You know, I'm, I'm getting off Twitter and I'm not advocating. And they were kind of, but I felt um, it was even more important to keep going. Mm -hmm. I, I actually saw the success that you guys did in the community with getting to change the elected officials that we had here. And you were amazing. Grassroots. <laughs> Yeah, very inspiring yes. to me. I thought if you guys could, you guys really did some wonderful work, mm -hmm. and get to get the to get better people elected. Yeah, it's necessary. And so I felt as much as I was a bit defeated that we were having the same officials down at, at Queens Park. I, I I didn't think it was the time to give up. I, I felt yes. more okay. We need to do more. We need to get more organized. Um. Because people, I, I get emails every week from someone that has lost all hope in the system. By the time they're reaching out to a coalition for some help, some of these people have made so many calls. They're getting, people with disabilities are kind of getting evicted from their housing because everyone wants to charge more rent, yeah. right? Mm -hmm. they don't own and there's no place for them to go. Yeah. Uh, there's no one that's going to rent for them. Yep. Uh, they don't have enough money. So they're living on um, $1,228 a month with that new, I think they gave, you know, they said they gave a 5% increase to ODSP. It's not 5% on the total. It's just 5% on certain buckets. And if you had recorded, so, and also even when they talk that number, that 1228, that's not the number everyone gets. So um, when my daughter um, 
is gonna, she's going to start on ODSP next year. Mm-hmm. And because she lives at home with us, she only receives like room and board. So she'll get closer to eight, I think it's eight, maybe $900. I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. She's not yet, which is um, like we might be able to accommodate for that. I'm trying to help her make some income. But there's many, many families that um, only have one income in their family too, right? So if, if only, and then they're already um, maybe have a job where they're making 60000 or $70,000 a year, and then they're going to have an adult with a disability at home. And for, we're also supposed to be saving for their future in the RDSP. It's just, it's, they, the government is putting so much pressure on families. If you're in low or middle income, it, yeah. it's, it's too, it's too much for these families. Yeah. And once yeah. Ashley finishes school, totally, she, there's no um, day, there's some day programs if you're lucky to get into one, but there's not, there's not yeah. very many, she'll maybe go one or two days a week. And there's still a long wait list to get um, passport funding. Mm. There's just so many, like, that's the, that's one of the policy briefs we did uh, a few years ago was on the Ontario, we asked for an the Ontario government to create an Ontario disability program because we could see that everything is broken. Home care is broken. Therapy, um, passport has huge wait lists. Um, there's even a long wait list for special services at home, which is a like a respite program for children and youth with disabilities um, so that you could get pay someone to come in and, and help with support and maybe get out and do something. It might even be that it's your time to go up and take a shower Yeah, because there's a lot of kids that I know that I'm advocating for that are on trachs and vents and they need 24 hours eyes on care. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, and there's, there's families right here in our region that because of the nursing crisis do not have nurses coming in to care for those kids and literally Ooh. the parents are barely sleeping. Mm-hmm. Um, lives are like lives are at stake, really. They have it, and it's just this small population of children. Because if you're an adult and you're that medically fragile, they're gonna um be looking after you at maybe at a long care term care setting, which isn't ideal. But for kids, there is no setting like that. If your child is medically fragile, you care for them in your home. Mm. There is very few um, kind of homes around the province, but most are provided at home. And when our home care system breaks, Mm -hmm. um, like it has, it's kind of like the third cousin to, if our hospitals don't have staff and our long-term cares don't have staff. And then when they tried to recruit more, they came from the home care setting, or there also a lot of home care nurses went to the vaccine clinics where they were needed there too. Those are all nurses there. So the home care staffing is, non-existent as you can see the yeah. problem with the disability topic is it's so it's so, it's vast so broad yeah that's why i think the government needs a minister of disability mm-hmm. um, they did this and this isn't new in australia and in new zealand they created new 10-year plans back in 2010 mm. and by 2020 People with disabilities living in Australia have much better lives. In Australia, they're building accessible homes. It's a lot cheaper to have someone housed in a house that's accessible that they can use versus what happens if you're evicted and you're in a wheelchair and then you end up homeless 
Mm-hmm. Um, or you end up in a hospital or you end up in jail. I think it costs a lot more money to house someone in a hospital or jail. Sadly. Yeah, it does. Woo. You uh, presented some very complex and very sad situations that uh, uh, we really do need to think about. So you have been working with other advocacy groups um, to sort of move things ahead. Have you been able to do that? Um, I've been working with, yeah, we work with numbers of groups. Um, we, for our ODSP rallies, we work with the Ontario Disability uh, um, ODSP Action Coalition. Um, we come together. There's another organization, Silt Center for Independent Living Toronto. We do a lot of work with them. Mm-hmm. Um, every Canadian counts. There's groups in BC, like tons and tons and tons of groups are. We're all kind of coming together and trying to make as much noise and attention as we can. Um, o- ODC is a grassroots initiative of people. I think that that really helps that we're grassroots and it's our personal stories when we deliver them to the different yeah. policymakers. But it's, I don't know, sometimes we feel like we have story fatigue because we're mm-hmm. telling our stories again and again and nothing's changing. Yeah. Oh. But- <laughs> okay. Well, let's, let's talk now about uh, this good on you. Uh, yes. I have checked out the website, which I think is very well uh, designed. And um, I'll, I'll certainly add that to the podcast notes. But Sherry, tell us how it got started. You know, what's your involvement and Ashley's and uh, what are you hoping with this endeavor? Um, I created it uh, to create a job for my daughter, Ashley, initially mm-hmm. and other youth with disabilities. My neighbor, Monica, works with me um, on it and her son, he's 21 and he has autism and barriers to employment. And we wanted to see if we could create employment for our kids mm-hmm. and put positive disability messages out, but that's not all that is. We want to actually, um, hire other people with disabilities, young people, and give them some part-time employment jobs that are accessible to them that, um, maybe they can work from home. They don't, because mm-hmm. getting out, if you're in a wheelchair and you need to rely on accessible transit or all kinds of things to get to work, it's hard to get there. Or you need flexibility. You don't need to be structured that you show up at your job. Maybe you're, you know, a typical teenager might have a job at Tim Hortons and they have to be there at that location from four to nine and they have to get there and get home. And for someone uh, with a physical disability, getting somewhere can be really hard. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't mean that they have nothing to offer. Right. Um, they have a lot of skills and abilities and there's ways to engage them. So we, we really created good on you to give people with disabilities employment. Um, everybody needs to feel valued and that they are contributing something. Mm-hmm. And my daughter, Ashley, she's, she has some pretty complex disabilities, but she loves that we that she models the clothes for us that she's involved in our promotions that we do on social media um we're now recording little 30 minute advocacy tips i think on uh, for instagram and she's right there with me each morning and she has something to offer she has a story to tell and she has value um and i think it's important for everyone so i feel like if i didn't work hard to create a job for her and others it what it just wasn't going to happen. So, yeah. you know, why, why not? Um, yeah, exactly. No, I, I think, I don't think I've created like, what is good on you? 
it's a you've got interest yes. clothing um is it is disability positive clothing so we have um hoodies and t-shirts and we have hats our hats are quite popular that have sign language and braille on them we have hoodies with messages about inclusion and accessibility equity um my daughter um likes to do arts and she did the heart which is our logo and we're selling that on our clothing too it's actually one of our most popular sellers Mm -hmm. um my it's kind of a family project so my niece is an artist so she's doing some of the art on our on our clothing that we have there however in the new year we have plans to work with artists that are have disabilities and we want to put their clothing their art on the t-shirts and the hoodies and sell and help we want to create meaningful employment or like income opportunities for as many people as can the disability community so by getting artists to participate in the site, and we also sell some books by written by people with disabilities and written by caregivers hmm. to amplify their voices and their stories and to help them. They want to sell their books too. They need, they need money. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that, that, that was kind of my, I don't know if it was a crazy idea, but I like challenges and we, I guess I, I had that idea last January and here it's December and it's come to life. It, it mm-hmm. took a lot of planning and a lot of work. Um, I had to learn a lot of new skills, but I like that. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. No, the, you're the clothing, like the, this, these are clothing that is are meant for everyone. Like we can, you and I can wear it, but it's also something that those with a disability, if you have a, uh, a you know, an issue that you're not, um, like Ashley, I know she doesn't, she stands sort of awkwardly. Yeah, so the yeah. clothing is still suitable for her, but it's suitable for you and I as well. Correct. Yeah. It's just hoodies and t-shirts okay. and um, it's not adapted clothing. It's not. Uh, okay. No, it's it's just t-shirts for and the sign language clothing is really universal. We have sign language shirts that say love and peace and mm-hmm. um, you know we wanted the clothing to help people to initiate conversation. So if somebody's wearing it, they're gonna come up, what does your hat say? You know, and mm-hmm. learn the sign language. And actually that hat, everyone that bought it says, Yeah, people engage with it. We have it on the love and peace on the t-shirt and sign language. It starts a conversation yeah. about um, communicating in different ways you know all voices matter all ways of communication matter my daughter has an augmented advice so we have a t-shirt about that which might be a little more focused on those kids but mm-hmm. there's a lot of products there for everyone we have an offer which I would love to kind of plug yeah I one give one um, where we're hoping customers would like to buy a hoodie and it's my daughter's my heart hoodie and also buy one gift one to a child that is living with a disability in a in a low income setting um, to help some of these families out through our coalition families that we know and we set a goal to try to help a thousand families Hmm. um and we just started we just launched that this week and we sold six of them yes okay some people are really generous and if your if if your family has a bit more money and you want to help someone out that's struggling we'd encourage you to go on there there's a there's an adult one and if you buy the adult one um the the second shirt will go to a teenager with a disability and if you buy the child one if you have a child that could use one one gets shipped to you for your child or and the other one will get shipped directly to a child with a disability in in need 
Very nice. Okay. I love to hear that. And I encourage everyone to check out the website and see if they could order something. I, I love that. So thank you for, for doing that and persevering. And I want to hear about your success. So, oh, I hope so. <laughs> yeah. So anything else that you'd like to add, Sherry? No, I just, I super appreciate your support. I appreciate the group that you do bringing the community together. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I think everyone, we community, we need to support each other. And yes. uh, there's so much activism in the environment and healthcare. And it's really for everyone, anyone, anyone at any time, um, like you could be one fall or stroke away from meeting the support of the government, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of people don't have long-term disability or pensions or things like that. That's going to survive them that they can't get up and keep going each day. Yeah. So, Very sobering thought. I do like to end this podcast with the guest response to the question, name one thing you really like about this community. <laughs> so many things. I, I like how culturally diverse it is. Mm-hmm. I, I think that's really valuable. I have really good friends and neighbors that are like immigrated from here from Afghanistan and from Beijing. And, and we're just all living and supporting together. It's such a great way for my kids to grow up. Um, yeah. I, I, I will second that, that I, yes, I think we need to acknowledge that we are very fortunate where we live that uh, you, you don't, always have to travel the world to experience people with different uh, different experiences different homelands and and such so yeah okay thank you sherry for taking this time to do this podcast and we're going to uh, we're going to stay in touch thank you for listening i would very much appreciate you sharing this podcast please tune in next week as we continue to explore the community Consider emailing me at marge, M-A-R-J, at margeandre.com. I welcome suggestions for podcast guests. Stay well, stay connected. <laughs>